Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. What's going on, everybody? We're back. It's the Sooners Illustrated Podcast, episode 42 on this Wednesday, special Wednesday episode, December 13th, 2023. Josh Calloway, Colin Kennedy with you on a Wednesday. CK has got a very busy week ahead of him with Texas High School State Championship Games. There's a lot going on in the transfer portal. So we figured, you know what? Let's sit down and let's do a special Wednesday portal only episode. And then I'll uh, get back with Tom and James tomorrow from the more regular Thursday show. So we have a little extra content for you guys this week. Three podcasts a week because we love you all. There's a lot to talk about. So we're hitting it. CK, man, it's uh, it's crazy times. Um, a lot is happening in the transfer portal, including stuff that we weren't uh, all totally prepared for. And that's obviously Caden Green. And that's where we're going to start. Obviously, fans are extremely interested in what the heck happened here. So if you missed it or you're not aware which i'm assuming almost everybody is but just in case caden green freshman offensive lineman from lee summit north started i think seven games it was this year at guard for oklahoma looked like a future star certainly a guy who you were penciling in as a starter next season at the guard at one of those guard spots just suddenly hit the transfer portal yesterday and you know tom james and myself were out at ou football practice we're walking off the practice field after the viewing window, and it, it percolates around. Everybody's saying, holy smokes, Kane Green just hopped in the transfer portal. Our own Matt Zenitz, uh, 24-7 Sports, confirmed it. He hasn't said anything publicly officially yet. And, you know, after practice, you talk to some players about it. They didn't even know. <laughs> they were always completely blindsided. Uh, McKay Matoyer said, I thought he was taking a final because uh, it's obviously it's finals week right now, and so it's a little spotty on who's going to be at practice and who's not. Nobody was prepared. Uh, nobody on the team knew. Colin, I mean, this this came out of left field, it seems like, for basically everybody. The last 24 hours have been crazy trying to figure out what the heck happened. What have you learned? What have you gleaned? What, what Can you shed any light, I guess, for all you fans on, on what exactly happened here? Yeah, so story time. I'm visiting my grandmother <laughs> in her new retirement home, trying to be present, trying to be attentive, the Dion Burks news had just dropped, which we'll get into here in a little bit. I thought I was in the clear, have my phone in my pocket. I'm trying to, to be present with my grandmother, and I can feel my <laughs> phone blowing up in my pocket. Now, Josh, you know me well, personally. I don't respond to a lot of text messages very often. I'm a phone call guy. I get a lot of text messages as it is. Not a big fan. But I, I feel a lot of these text messages coming in. I'm like, this has got to be something that I, I need to look at. And when I check my phone, I may or may not have dropped an expletive in the middle of the retirement facility that drew the <laughs> attention of several elderly folks. So I apologize for that. But I also apologize to Oklahoma's fan base. I apologize to Oklahoma's coaching staff, the players, because no one knew this was coming. I mean, to sum it up, I had about three different sources – text me at that time and they all were saying something to the effect of yeah. dude Caden Green hitting the portal and then after that 
this is stunning. This is odd. I had one source say ominous. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know what else there is to say other than the fact that this caught everyone completely off guard. And now your best offensive guard, in my opinion, is hitting the portal, likely to explore other options. Mm -hmm. As far as what the end goal is here, no one knows because Caden Green hasn't really been in contact with anybody. He's kept everything close to the vest. I saw uh, one Oklahoma fan put out something to the effect of like his family had largely deleted their Twitter accounts upon news of this move. Yeah. And so this is all not only happened in the dark, but now is headed into the darkness. And so I think the initial responses, not only the fact that no one really anticipated Caden Green even trying to leave the program. Now it's like, okay, what's next? You can't dwell on it for too much longer. And the three programs that I've at least heard about that could potentially be in the sweepstakes for Green whenever the move is officially done, yeah. Missouri. So the Missouri Tigers, Oregon Ducks, and maybe even the Colorado Buffaloes who are going to work on any offensive lineman available in the transfer portal. You feel like those are at least three calls he's going to have. But the thing is, is, I mean, you touched on it, Josh. This guy as a freshman came in and played a ton of meaningful snaps and arg arguably dominated in almost every single outing this season. I mean, I believe he consistently graded out as one of Oklahoma's best-rated pass blockers, run blockers by PFF. The guy has unlimited potential as either a guard or a tackle. And so this dude is going to command top attention and dollar from whoever is interested. So we'll see. I, as far as the other part of your question, do I think Oklahoma is going to try and go after this guy? Yeah, I mean, whenever they can finally sit down and work through things and why this came to be, you would have to assume that every possible measure is going to be taken in order to keep this guy in Norman because you have to have him. I mean, there's no sugarcoating yeah. it here. Losing a foundational piece of your future in Caden Green would be wildly inconvenient ahead of a move to the SEC where you're playing Alabama, LSU, Tennessee. I mean, programs that are not only difficult competition level, but those are programs that have been churning out NFL defensive linemen recently. So we'll see. This is all so fresh. I mean, we're recording this Wednesday morning. He hops in the portal Tuesday evening, or he the intention to enter the portal is announced Tuesday evening. So this is this is wildly fresh. But yeah, to this point, man, yeah, it's about kind of collecting yourself and then figuring out what may come next. And you have to think whether it's the trio of programs that I mentioned and the several others who are probably going to call him or Oklahoma in its own right, Caden Green's going to have a lot to work through in the coming days. And whenever that paperwork is finalized, I I hope they're ready to communicate because communication is going to be frequent across <laughs> the board. Yeah, you know, updates have been scarce uh, on this for that reason that you're, you're talking about is that they um, – both Caden and obviously his family, they're they're not really being very forthcoming with what what exactly happened here. And obviously those three schools that you mentioned, Colorado, Oregon, and uh, Missouri, all very obvious connections to all three of them. I mean, Missouri is his home state. He knows guys over there. Uh, Williams and Wary, 
I saw it retweeted, you know, uh, Caden Green's portal announcement and some other Lee Summit North guys who've kind of been like, oh, hello, how are you doing? Uh, obviously, Oregon's got Dylan Gabriel there. There's certainly more than one to play the NIL game. And Colorado's got Big Phil. Big Phil Lodeholt is over there who made the move over to Colorado as their O-line coach after he was originally going to go with Jeff Levy to Mississippi State. So, I mean, there's lots of uh, possibilities there. And now you're looking at, you know, Tom James and I were talking on the show uh, on Monday. Andrew Raymond, Tyler Guyton, both of them entered the draft. Walter Rouse is gone. McKay Mattal lawyer is gone. That's your entire O-line. Okay. They, that's your entire O-line is now gone. Even if you backed it up to the beginning of the year with Savion Bird, he's in the portal. So you have a massive reconstruction job on your plate here if you're Bill Beanbow. So, I mean, Colin, where does Oklahoma go in terms of, do you think that they try to find more portal guys? Because that's what's so crazy about this too, is that just less than a week ago, Oklahoma land Spencer Brown from Michigan State and Caden Green is on Twitter quote tweeting that saying welcome fam you know like it, it seemed like everything was was good less than a week ago do you think it is an nil thing is it is it a desire to play tackle and they just brought a tackle in i mean I, we're just throwing darts at the board here trying to figure out what happened and where does oklahoma go from here too do they have to be more aggressive in the portal to try and find other guys or is it just all right Mr. Jake Taylor. All right, Mr. Josh Bates. Like these guys, these younger guys, it, it, it's your time now. You got to step up. I, I think this now, you, t- you talked about it exactly right. This now makes you go from, okay, you're feeling pretty good. You got a guy from Michigan State with Power 5 level experience to be your right tackle to replace Tyler Guyton. You felt like Caden Green and Jacob Sexton we're going to form an elite left side of the line. I mean, right. elite going into the SEC, which is huge. Troy Everett and and Joshua Bates were probably going to battle it out at center, and then you were looking for maybe a portal guy at guard, or you could slide someone in there, or you could give the yeah. loser of the center battle a shot at right guard. I mean, there were there were avenues to take. Now, if they if they don't add two more guys from the portal, whether Caden Green is coming back or not, in my opinion, at this point, I'm, I don't know what happens from that point. I mean, do you wait until after spring ball to see who enters the portal then? Do you go through spring with this current offensive line room as its current? I mean, that that to me is a concern just based upon like practice needs. So yeah. Keith Zaidas, I mean, there's, there's Ozaida, young guys yeah. who are coming up but I think we forget the expectation level going into the SEC is going to be so high and maybe unnecessarily high because it's Oklahoma. I mean, you're supposed to win games. But in that conference, if you aren't shored up on the front five, we've seen SEC teams firsthand have severe struggles. I mean, take even like Alabama, for example, at the beginning of this year when – that offensive line was not cohesive. And Caden Proctor as a freshman was learning the ropes. I mean, I I heard about Alabama's offensive line complaints from that fan base, and I don't even really follow anybody in Alabama Twitter. So it, it gets right. blown up. You got to have this stuff figured out. And I, I, I trust Bill Beatonbow is going to work through the plan because, again, I mean, this is all so new. No one saw this coming. The pivot is relatively simple, especially because the visitor weekend, which we'll get into, there are guys from the portal 
who are expected to be in Norman in the coming days. But now it's about either you have those dudes or you you don't. And as opposed to, like I mentioned, the original plan, we're like, okay, maybe we can add one more guy out of the portal. We'll feel really good. But if we don't, we got some young guys coming up. Now it's like, if you don't get one to two guys for sure who you feel can start right away, right. that's the big difference. You're not looking for depth pieces. I mean, you got to go find a starting right guard, and you probably got to go find a starting left guard. If you don't have those dudes, I don't know what to tell you. So we'll see. I, I, I'm optimistic that they will have a plan in place that will work out. And, and to this point, OU's done really well with portal guys. I mean, we have seen it now. Three guys committed to this point as we're recording at 11.51 a.m., they're, they're doing an outstanding job of getting dudes out yeah. of the portal and highly ranked guys or talented players with experience. But offensive linemen are a completely different beast because of how hot the market is relative to supply and demand. So I don't know. It, it's, it's a fascinating dynamic that's been created in Norman, and we're just simply not going to have the answer to the problem until a little bit more time plays out. Yeah, it's all it's all wild, and uh, it's just not an issue we thought they were going to have to deal with. And um, we'll see. I don't, you know, how realistic it is that they could maybe get Caden back. Um, it seems tough to do, but you best believe they'll try. I mean, um, you kind of have to. You kind of have to try. And um, the one thing I will say, you know, it feels like you just have to have some faith, probably, in, in Mr. Bill Beatonbow right now. And I understand the frustration. Is obviously high when you lose a guy like Caden Green, um, but let's not lose sight of the fact, in my opinion, that, that Bill Beanbo puts two or three guys in the NFL literally like every year. Um, again, I understand why frustration is high there, but that guy puts a lot of players in the NFL and has produced uh, a lot of really good uh, talent through Norman. So you just have to kind of hope that they can figure it out. But a uh, stunning development, obviously, it came out of nowhere, and like I said, it was crazy, you know talking to players afterward, and them literally not knowing. I mean, Billy Bowman had the news broken to him. We're in a scrum talking to him. I asked him about his decision to return, and then somebody mentioned, you know, Kane Green in the portal, and he, he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. And they were like, he entered the portal just like an hour ago. And he said, oh, well, we'll figure that out later or some, something like that. Um, you can watch this on the YouTube channel. But it, it's uh, crazy, crazy times. That's college football in 2023, man. Uh that's like the wildest concept when you really think about it. I mean, players, guys in the locker room are like, what are you talking about? Which is just a yeah. complete indictment on the times we're living in right now. I mean, everyone wants the 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 latest developments or whatever, but like even the dudes who are sitting next to him in the locker room. <laughs> had no idea. Yeah. Had no clue. I mean, it's just – it's a wild time we're living in in college sports. Man. Yeah. Again, like McKay Matoyer <laughs> – one of the best because he said, you know, it's finals week. Guys are kind of in and out a little bit taking finals. I thought he was taking a final. Um, it is they, crazy. They were probably going – if no one told them, they were probably going to text him and be like, hey, how the test go or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he was going to ghost him because he's yeah. in the transfer portal. I don't know. It's, it's crazy, man. Crazy time. So, obviously, we'll continue to try and figure that out more as it goes on. Obviously, like like we said a couple times, updates are scarce, unfortunately, right now. Uh Cadence, you know, they, they've they've gone kind of dark, zero dark thirty on it a little bit. Um, like Colin referenced, family members have deleted 
Twitter accounts, and, and it's it's crazy. It's uh, it's crazy stuff. So we'll, we'll try and figure it out more as we go, and we'll see whenever Caden makes his decision public, which he obviously still has not said anything himself. Um, yeah, wild times. Elsewhere in the transfer portal, we'll, we'll get to some good news. On the bright side, Oklahoma made a very legit pickup in the wide receiver room yesterday with Dion Burks from Purdue, widely looked at as one of the best wide receivers in the transfer portal in this cycle. Uh, put up really good numbers uh, with the Boilermakers last year. Could really make things happen. Texas was in on him, so you get a direct head-to-head portal win over Sark and uh, and the Longhorns, obviously. Colin, you know, on paper, it, w- it would seem that does Oklahoma really need another receiver? I mean, they have lots of guys, you know, outside of Drake Stoops, everybody is expected back. Jalil Farouk just said yesterday that he is in planning on staying at Oklahoma another year. There was some thought maybe he could go to the draft, maybe. Sounds like his heavy lean is to stay in school another season. So you have Angel Anthony come back from injury. You got Nick Anderson. You got Jaden Gibson. You got Jack West Petaway sitting there. You have all the guys in the recruiting class we've talked about a bunch of times. What made Oklahoma think that we got to go get Deion Burks, a guy who you would assume is going to slot right in as a major contributor, you know, right away after he did it. And it still has a couple years of eligibility remaining as well uh, after his time with Purdue. It's hilarious that arguably the best wide receiver in the transfer portal picks Oklahoma and joins one of the best receiving cores in America now. Yeah. And no one talks about it because – Caden Green hits the portal, right? <laughs> Overshadowed it. Yeah. I mean, just it got swept under the rug. And like this is a form, this is a future NFL player that OU just added to Nick Anderson, Andrew Anthony, probably Jaleel Farouk. I, I I mean, this is an outstanding get for Oklahoma and the work Emma Jones put in. I was told Dion was was supposed to visit Norman this weekend, but they met with him ahead of time this week. Those conversations ended up going really well. And then all of a sudden, I, I just seems like he was like, all right, I'm I'm down. And not only was this a guy that had offers in the portal from basically anywhere you can imagine, mm-hmm. but it started to come down to strictly Oklahoma and Texas. Now, I will say, full transparency, I know that Texas has been evaluating the wide receiver transfer portal market extensively. You've heard a number of different names thrown around in rumors regarding them from Juice Wells at South Carolina to Matthew Golden, who I covered in high school. I think he is an outstanding talent now in the transfer portal. It sounds like Texas is a serious threat for Golden, uh, among a few others, but Texas was involved with Burks. And I think what Oklahoma did that was very smart is make sure Burks knew he was priority one for them. I mean, for some context, our subscribers, first of all, if you're not a subscriber, go ahead and join. I mean, it's a great time. I think 50% off is still available. All time. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Josh, as you know, I reported the other night, like Oklahoma drove down to Denton, Texas to meet with Jamori Macklin, who's in the transfer portal, former North Texas wide receiver, I believe totaled more than 1,100 yards receiving. He's cousins or brother or something. He's related to Jeremy Macklin, former NFL wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 dude's legit, and he has offers from Penn State, Texas A&M. 
But they went down there. They met with Macklin, and yet no official offer was reported because Oklahoma in that meeting with Deion Burks was just like, you're it for us. You tell us no, we'll look elsewhere. You say yes, you are our guy. We're shutting it down. We're not taking another dude. And all of a sudden, now here we are, one of the best wide receivers available, heads to Norman. And I look at this guy and I say, I mean, he can play out wide. He can play in the slot. I think he's an incredibly versatile player. Great ball skills. Quick, agile athlete. Serious, like, I think he's got day two NFL draft potential. I, I think he's that type of good. And you lose Drake Stoops. And you put in basically a day two NFL draft pick to replace him, there are worse things to complain about. You know what I mean? So yeah, I love this pickup, man. I if if OU, and this is why the offensive line stuff now really steps into place, because if you think about it, if OU can protect Jackson Arnold, those wide receivers in that room are going to be open. I, I don't think there's any debate, even with the SEC on the horizon. I don't care really any secondary. Andrew Anthony, Nick Anderson, Jaleel Farouk, Deion Burks, all these guys, if they're all back, mm -hmm. you just need a couple of – you need probably two and a half seconds those dudes are going to be wide open. And so for Deion Burks to join this core, OU, whenever SEC teams and defensive coordinators are going to look at that roster on the schedule, they're going to be like, dude, we got to come up with some cover packages that, that we can buy some time here because – those dudes are legit. And yeah. now you're talking about one of the deepest wide receiver cores in America, again, being featured in Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see how it all shakes out when we get there. Because, I mean, you fear, you know, obviously if Jaleel Farouk's going to get his. You didn't bring in Deion Burks to not have a big role. Um, Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson are still there. Angel Anthony, like you said, back. Jacquez Padaway, obviously, lurking. Um, Brennan Thompson still kind of looming, didn't have that big of an impact this year, but you figure he's primed to, you know, kind of pop off and become a big, big part of this offense at any time, really. And then you got all the guys coming in. Um, obviously, Gavin Freeman is still lurking around, too. So, just how it kind of shakes out in terms of who are the actual guys that get the bulk of the targets? Who gets that slot role that Drake Stoops is vacating? Is that Deion Burks? Um, is it? Petaway is it somebody else you know that that's fascinating too it it's a loaded 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 group and it's crazy because not even a year ago I mean several months ago it was a looked at as one of the bigger question marks on the team and uh now it's it's looked at as a major strength um and it's a uh, it's a credit to Emma Jones who just continues to just put in work since he got to you just put in work and continue to add it's uh really kind of insane the Sooners Illustrated podcast. We'll be back after this short break. So we talked about on Monday, uh, James, Tom, and I about Des John Malone, the San Diego State transfer cornerback comes in. Um, obviously, they need another cornerback. I won't rehash everything I said on Monday's show, but for you, Colin, what, what's the impression that you've gotten? You know, talking to people about where they view Malone because that's kind of the question for me when it comes to him. You know, I've been asked like, is this where does he fall in the pecking order? We don't know as of now what Woody Washington is doing, which is a, a big, you know, X factor to this. Jetcher Williams is back. You're hoping you can keep him healthy. Do you get the impression that Oklahoma sees Malone as a guy who could potentially start if they need him to, or is he more of a depth dad right away? What, what, what's your impression of 
where Malone kind of fits in, at least, you know, as of now. I think this is a legitimate cornerback two field corner option for Oklahoma. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you know anything about San Diego State and their reputation in college football, that's a program that's very proud of its defensive reputation. And from the sounds of it, Des Malone was a big part of that. And I think you look at this guy, you go into the Southeastern Conference. I, I know that through the portal process, and I'm blanking, but there was like maybe one other corner that I had heard about in regards to Oklahoma out of the gate and, and that they were interested in. But the other name was Des Malone. And I, I'm sorry for blanking on it. Obviously, there's a lot in my mind going on, going on right now. But once things kind of fell into place, it, it, it became pretty clear that OU wanted Des Malone really mm-hmm. badly. And I remember texting a source being like, hey, I'm about to turn on the tape of, uh, of Des Malone. What should I expect? And I got a response back, something to the effect of like, dude's a dog. You're going to love what you're, what you're about <laughs> to see, period. I was like, all right, I'll take your word for it. Um, six foot two, 200 pounds. And I think people will look at that and say, wow. I mean, that's a big dude at cornerback. But, Josh, if you think about it, give that guy an offseason with Schmitty. Are we talking about a six foot two, 210 pound cornerback at playing weight going into next season? I mean, right. Five to 10 pounds in OU strength and conditioning program feels doable. And on top of that, with Malone's experience, specifically playing field corner, I feel like whether both Oklahoma cornerbacks are back or just one of your starters returns, he can be an incredibly complimentary option. And maybe provide an even greater experience than what like a Kanai Walker brought to the table at times because Kanai was very, very good out of the gate. I think we saw some some inconsistencies from him towards the back end of last year. Mm-hmm. But Des Malone's been there and done it, right? And I I feel like let's say Woody Washington comes back, you're really excited about Des Malone being your first guy off the bench, if especially if someone like Gentry Williams is dealing with something. If Woody Washington leaves, okay put Gentry Williams as your cornerback one or your, your boundary corner and let Des Malone play the field where he's played all his life or, or be cornerback two because he's played it big right. level ball. I, I think this is a hell of a get. And you can tell people at Oklahoma are really excited about him. So we'll see. He had a number of different opportunities and options. I had talked to someone in his camp shortly after Des entered the portal. And that, that source was like, we're hearing from everybody. Des is already tired of this. We don't want this to go on much longer. And I think because of that, once the mutual interest was shown between the two parties, Oklahoma and Des Malone made a lot of sense as a partnership for the future. Yeah, so much of it hinges on Woody Washington and, and yeah. what he decides to do. Obviously, the, the big focus was on Danny Stutzman and Billy Bowman, and, and for good reason, obviously. Both those guys have made the big decision. They're coming back. But now it's kind of like, okay, what about Woody? Um, because, you know, if he comes back, that room looks really solid and really deep going into next year with Jay Valai, obviously, at the helm. 
If not, not that it is looking like a problem, but there's more question marks, obviously, because Gentry was banged up all year. Um, you got Kendall Dolby there. You got Kanai Walker. You just brought in Des Malone. Right, these young guys who got some run, Josiah Wagner, Macari Vickers. How much can they develop? Jaden Rowe is, is missed a lot of time. You know, that, that room has got question marks on it, um, but a lot less so if Woody Washington is back. So that, that's a big decision hanging out there right now for Oklahoma. And we'll, we'll uh, kind of obviously wait and see what, what Woody decides to do. Um, he's got a lot of time to think about it, obviously, before he declares for the draft. Looks like he's probably just focused on the bowl game right now and maybe waiting to see uh, how things shake out. So we'll, uh, we'll let you know when we know. Elsewhere in the transfer portal, um, on the way out here, Colin, obviously um, Oklahoma still chasing guys. They've added, they've done off to a great start. Like we said, added three guys, um, you know, two on offense, one on defense. Going to continue to be active. Sounds like they're probably in the market for a running back, uh, obviously with the guys that have, have left. Um, what are some things you're hearing in terms of obviously guys are coming in this weekend for visits and stuff? What, what are some things you're keeping an eye on, I guess, here as over the next few days or so, uh, in the portals, Oklahoma looks to continue to stay aggressive and continue to to add. Yeah, I I think first and foremost with the wide receiver position checked off in the transfer portal for Oklahoma, Josh. From an offensive skill perspective, now all the attention shifts to tight end and running back. Mm-hmm. And as far as tight end, we had reported obviously that Holden stays a former Notre Dame tight end who's in the portal. He is our number one ranked tight end in the transfer portal at 24-7 Sports. I had been told he visited Tennessee, Washington earlier this week, and now is set to visit Oklahoma this weekend. And I'm connecting with Holden, I think sometime today or tomorrow, just to pick his brain on how everything's going. But OU feels like a serious player here. But those are three standout opportunities, right, when you talk about not only locations and programs, but – offenses and systems and yeah. what Tennessee and Washington can do with those coordinators and coaches. So Oklahoma, if if and when Holden Stays shows up in Norman for his visit, this this kind of feels like a pivotal moment for them, especially with Jalen Conyers committing to Texas Tech following his weekend visit mm-hmm. out in Lubbock. That takes a big name off the board. And then from there, obviously there are running back names floating around. Part of the reason why I'm distracted right now is because I'm digging <laughs> on a, a particular running back. Why are here? Yeah. You know, it's just how this life goes. And I apologize, everyone at home, if I, I don't feel dialed in. It's But it's literally the running back position feels like it's getting worked out right now between mm-hmm. Samuel Franklin from UT Martin, product of Greater Little Rock, Arkansas, which if you know anything about me, I got, I'm a sucker for the state of Arkansas. And then Mario Anderson, who is the South Carolina running back, who is also expected to be in town this week in Norman. So I'm looking at those two position groups from an offensive perspective. Obviously, the defensive line stuff. I reported last night a little bit as far as direct conversations I've had with Chris McClellan, the former Florida Gator product of Tulsa, Oklahoma, the former Owasso Ram, Josh, there you go. Um, McClellan's about to get real busy. It's going to be a a wild stretch for him and his family. And as we record on this Wednesday, he told me he flies back to Tulsa today. So he will be back in town from Gainesville 
and the process truly gets going. And then the, the rest of the defensive line stuff is continuing to get figured out. So on and so forth. I, I talked a little bit about Makuba the other day for our subscribers, what I'm hearing yeah. on that front. Does Billy, how much is Billy Bowman coming back affect Makuba? That's the biggest question. And yeah. I'm glad you asked it. I think it's a really big deal. Um, from what I have heard, look, there are there are big name programs that have, for lack of a better term, a lot of NIL dollars and cents to throw around currently in the Makuba sweepstakes. Yeah. But I don't I don't really see all of that as much as I do the fact that Makuba, given his reputation and what he's accomplished, I've heard he wants to play safety. Like that's his preferred position. Mm -hmm. And I, I had heard once Billy Bowman announced there was maybe concerns that Oklahoma may be only able to really firm up a, an offer at corner or cheetah, something to the, that effect because of how the safety room is currently in its state. And so, but even then, I, I personally never felt great about Makuba for those who don't know, I, I think Texas and Oregon have kind of been the front runners here out of the gate. Oklahoma, though, it's kind of interesting. I, I was told by a source, like, hey, OU may not be given its full due in this recruitment. Like, OU might have a serious chance if they can get him on campus. And now with Billy Bowman back solidifying a, a safety spot, I think that makes the pitch a little bit more difficult. I think that's fair to say, right? So, We'll see on the Makuba front. There's a couple other names floating around, but basically there are guys expected to be in Norman, especially this weekend. Then the dead period hits, and that's when you feel like there could be a string of announcements from that time leading up until like the early signing period for recruits. Yeah. So we'll see. It, it's a big weekend coming up. We'll, we'll be doing our best to keep you updated throughout. But, yeah, I mean, this is where we're at now. So, <laughs> transfer portal visit weekends, man. I, I, wild to think about this kind of stuff even a couple of years ago. But that's very real, and it's going to be very relevant in Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, Makuba is fascinating to me because, yeah, that, that safety room with, with Billy Bowman back, you got – Billy Bowman, Peyton Bowen, Robert Spears Jennings, Dave McCullough, Eric McCarty, Reggie Powers, Jaden Hardy, Michael Patterson McDonald, and then throw Michael Boganowski in there if you want to call him a safety. Um, that's a lot of dudes. <laughs> that's a lot of dudes. And uh, I may have even missed one or two there. That's a lot of dudes. Um, yeah. So, you know, the options are, are certainly plentiful uh, for Brandon Hall. And, and them, you know, I'm just curious if they felt the need, if they bring him in. I mean, you're not going to turn down a guy that caliber. Right, but, you know, yeah. He, he, but that's the thing is these transfer guys are very aware because they're sorting through mm -hmm. their final chapters of their college career. They have a whole camp. These guys are studying everything from the depth chart to the NIL opportunities to the path to development, to the NFL draft. I mean, the, you only get a couple more years, right? You're probably looking at guys with maybe two years max left. So for someone like Makuba, who at one point, I mean, he felt like someone who could go in the first round of the NFL draft. And I I, I covered the guy in high school. I watched that dude single-handedly beat up on everybody in a playoff game. I mean, right. he's, he is ridiculously talented. I, these, these races are hard to win. Now, Oklahoma's in it. 
but you need every advantage possible to win out. And then I should mention, because I'm pretty sure I completely forgot going through all that stuff. To the note of the offensive line in the transfer portal weekend, Josh, we know that there are going to be portal guys along the offensive line coming in this weekend. Teammate of Spencer Brown, Gino Vandemark, big mm-hmm. offensive guard type from Michigan State. Think he'll be on campus this weekend. That feels like a guy you just you gotta get. I, I don't think they can afford to to miss on Gino Vandemark. And then I'm probably gonna butcher the name, but Fabechi and Weiwu from North Texas played at Capel High School. Kind of, he, that's like roughly 30 minutes from where I live down here in DFW. Was a, a preferred walk on at one point at UNT, and now is in the portal with several offers. He just visited Texas Tech, Arkansas entered the mix, and now I think he will be at Oklahoma as well. Guy played both guard and tackle. So if OU can somehow swing both of those dudes, I mean, if you think about it, Vandemark feels like an immediate starter right guard next to a guy he knows in Brown. They played together at Michigan State. And then in Weiwu, guy played guard and tackle. You could have that guy play on the left side or be a reserve role kind of guy if Caden Green opts to return. So a couple of really big names as far as the portal and offensive line recruiting also expected to be on campus. Had to make sure I mentioned that before we, we got out of here. Sounds like a great time to become a VIP subscriber. Um, so Man, I sure hope so. Please, please, <laughs> please come support us. It's a it's a busy stretch. We're doing our best to support OU fans, and I, you know, it's been a really awesome time on the board. But yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild times. Uh, Colin's been all over it. You know, obviously, guys visiting, guys Oklahoma's been in on, and uh, so we want to be sure to hop aboard Oklahoma twenty four seven Sports Sooners Illustrated takes you the same place. Um, become a VIP subscriber. Come along for us. Um, obviously, access to Colin along with all our other great recruiting experts and um, transfer portal guys who have all been crushing it uh, throughout this cycle. And uh, while more times are ahead, you know, I mean, I, I the transfer portal give it then it take it. It's been pretty kind, Oklahoma, all things considered. I mean, I had said on either Monday or last week, I don't know, the shows run together. Um, that for the most part, the, the guys Oklahoma had lost in the portal were a lot of guys who. Weren't going to see the field much next year. That's not the case for Caden Green. He was penciled as a starter uh, next year, but that's how it goes. That's how uh, this crazy stuff goes. So we'll figure it out. And and if you need more incentive to sub, yes, the portal's crazy now, folks. But keep in mind, once bowl season wraps up, oh, boy. I mean, (laughs) oh, boy. And we haven't even talked about the spring window either. But once bowl games are over, Strap in, folks. It's going to be nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Excited. Signing day a week from today also. Uh, so be ready for, for twists and turns there before uh, next Wednesday. I need uh, that. <laughs> I think uh, usually Brent Venables has a press conference in Norman on signing day. So we'll be down there, uh, Tom James and myself, um, for that. And Colin will be looking uh, alive for any uh, twists and turns. And we'll be sure to have you covered Uh through, through, uh, through everything over the next week, month, year. Uh, so that's it. I'll, I'll be back tomorrow with uh, James and Tom. We're going to hop right back to it tomorrow and uh, give you another show to talk about more of the team stuff. We were at practice yesterday, like I said. Lots of observations, lots of things to talk about. 
um, from that that stuck out and uh, talking to players afterward. There's a, a lot of meat on the bone there. So we're going to get a lot of team stuff tomorrow, James, Tom, and myself. Colin, appreciate you as always. You're going to be at Jerry World, right? AT&T for the next several days. Lots of games, lots of content coming through you. Uh, enjoy that. That was just like a really cool thing. I never had the pleasure of being down there for that, but it always looks really cool uh, that that they have all the games there, like just one right after another. So uh, enjoy that. That'll be cool. Looking forward to it. Y'all be safe out there. Appreciate you watching and subscribing, supporting the site. I will see y'all next week. Absolutely. All right. I'll be back tomorrow with James and Tom for the next edition of the Sooners Illustrated Podcast. For Colin Candy, I'm Josh Calloway. We'll catch you guys then.